Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're looking at Obadiah and his message of hope for those ravaged by war. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us here today. Looking forward to jumping into a brand new book, uh, the Old Testament book of Obadiah. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Obadiah, is that even in the Bible? And yes, it is. It's the shortest book in the Old Testament, only 21 verses long, uh, but important. Obviously, as part of the Word of God, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So let's, uh, let's dive in and see what profit the Lord can give us from this little Old Testament book of Obadiah. I do have my coffee mug today. It's my Team Honduras coffee mug from my good friend Matt Goins, doing a great work down there in Honduras, and they've got some great coffee too. Just saying. So, uh, Obadiah, and uh, let's look at verse, uh, we're going to try to cover verses 1 through 3 just to get us kicked off uh, today. The Bible says, the vision of Obadiah. Throughout the Bible, God would use his prophets in different ways. Sometimes the Bible talks about the word to a certain prophet or the burden of a certain prophet. In this case, the vision of Obadiah. Perhaps God showed him in panorama uh, what, what was going to transpire in the future about this country named Edom. We're going to talk about them here in a bit. But to be that as it may, the vision of Obadiah, here's what the Bible says. Thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. Now stop for a moment and just consider what the book of Obadiah is about. The book of Obadiah is a book about judgment on another nation. A book of judgment on another nation. It's very, very seldom in the Bible is an entire book of the Bible dedicated to a people group other than God's people. In almost every case in the Bible, a book of the Bible is dedicated to information to God's people, about God's people, dealing with God's people. But in this case, it's an entire book about the judgment of Edom. You say, now, who is Edom? Edom in the Bible is uh, the nation comprised of the descendants of Esau. So remember that Abraham had uh, his son Isaac, of course, Ishmael as well, but for sake of this discussion, Isaac. And then Isaac had two sons, remember, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, the younger, was the one that received the, the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant. Esau did not. We know all about selling the birthright and that whole story. And because of the competitive nature and the favoritism and all the family drama between those two, uh, the descendants of Esau and the descendants of Jacob, the children of Israel, never quite got along like they should have. Now, they should have, and God certainly wanted to bless both of them. Now, obviously, the Abrahamic covenant, the promise was through Jacob's line, uh, Israel, Jacob's name later on became Israel. You know that. But, but Esau also received a conditional promise from God. God wanted to bless him too. Uh, he, after all, was a, a child, an offspring of, of Abraham. And God certainly wanted to bless him. 
And the primary way by which Edom could have invited the blessing of God is simply to bless his cousin. I mean, if anybody should have known about the covenant of, of Abraham, if anybody should have known uh, the importance of honoring God by honoring Israel, it should have been Edom or people like Moab or Ammon. Remember, they were the sons of Lot, Moab and Ammon. And yet these cousins of Israel, these cousins of God's people were the lifelong enemies, the historic enemies of God's people. So if you were to picture right now a modern day map of Israel and see the Sea of Galilee and then the Jordan River that comes down from the Sea of Galilee and empties into the Dead Sea, if you would picture what is right of that on a map or what is east of that on a map, you would be picturing Ammon and then down toward the Dead Sea to the east, Moab, and then south of the Dead Sea to, to the east, down into those mountains would be Edom. So Ammon, Moab, and Edom really comprise what would be modern day country of Jordan. And remember, these are essentially the cousins of God's people, and yet they are other historic enemies of God's people. And they mistreat God's people on several key occasions, one of which was when God's people were released from Egypt, remember the miracle of the Red Sea, and then the wandering in the wilderness. Remember that when God's people made their way back to the promised land, eventually to come in from the east across the Jordan River, they had to pass through places like Edom and Moab. And the Edomites would not even allow God's people to walk through their country. And the Moabites wanted to, to, to destroy God's people under Balak. Remember the story of Balaam and all that? So how do you deal with this? You know, God has told these nations to bless his people. He's given them the opportunity to receive a conditional blessing promise from God. And yet all they have done is disobey God and try to hurt the cause of God. You know, what, what happens? Does God deal with these people? Well, what happens when God allows foreign entities, whether it be Edom or Moab or Ammon or Assyria or Babylon or Egypt or Philistia or Arabia or whomever, you know, what, what happens when God allows a foreign power to dominate uh, Israel and it seems as if they're not going to be judged for it? Well, first of all, a couple things. Number one, people never get away with dishonoring God or his people. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. That's the promise of God to Abraham. So people never get away with abusing God's people. They never do. They might seem like they do temporarily, but they don't. And books like Habakkuk or Nahum or this book, Obadiah, the three books in the Old Testament that are prophecies against foreign nations, all three of them make it very clear that God keeps score. So I think it's not wise for you and I to keep score because we can't settle things the way God does because we don't know what God knows. But understand this, the judge of all the universe will do right. God keeps score. He's the ultimate and the fair scorekeeper. So here, Obadiah, who's writing in about the mid-800s, BC, 
during the reign of a man by the name of Jehoram, who is the, the wicked son of a good king by the name of Jehoshaphat, uh, it, Obadiah has received this prophecy from God to say to Edom, Edom, you can't get away with abusing God's people. You can't. And God has seen this and God is going to deal with this. So watch what he says here in verse number one. The vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom, we have heard a rumor, and we, we, we kind of use the word rumor today to speak of gossip, but what the word means here is like a, a report, like a news report. We have heard a, a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen, arise ye, let us rise up against her in battle. In other words, here's a news report. Uh, God is going to deal with the nation of Edom by bringing people against her. Look, look at verse number two. Behold, I have made thee, now this is God's prophecy through Obadiah against Edom. So remember, Edom are the descendants of Esau. That's what the country's called, Edom. They actually took over a region called Mount Seir and the Horites. Uh, eventually, they overtook that area and became known as the Edomites. And understand that the Edomites have rejected God's people several times. Remember, I talked about when they came out of Egypt, but much earlier, I mean, much more recently, I should say, Jehoram's dad, Jehoshaphat, was attacked by the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Edomites in coalition. They came together as three countries to sneak up on and attack Jehoshaphat. You can read all about that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and God delivered them in a miraculous way. But when Jehoshaphat died and Jehoram began to reign, the Philistines and the Arabians were allowed by God to come and attack Jerusalem. And it was a vicious attack. And what happened was Edom jumped in as well. Now, Edom wasn't strong enough by herself to attack Israel. She was weaker, but she piled on. You know, she was kind of kicking Israel while uh, the Philistines were holding one arm and the Arabians were holding the other arm. And she was just an evil nation, uh, opportunistic, doing whatever she could to get back at Israel uh, for losing the, the, for the battle she had lost a generation before. All, all that to say is God is dealing with business here. Look at verse number two. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, Thou art greatly despised. So in other words, God is saying, now Edom, I am going to deal with you uh, and I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to affect the way people view you. I'm going to make you despised among these, the, the coalition of heathen nations. Now, Edom was trying to kiss up to the Philistines, trying to kiss up to the Arabians, trying to kiss up to the Moabites and the, and the Ammonites. But what God said is, all of your devious plans, you're trying to make these connections and these political alliances for the purpose of uh, strengthening yourself. God says, I'm going to turn all of that on your head. All the things that you're trying to do that you think you're so smart and so politically savvy to try to destroy my people, I'm going to deal with all of that. And you're trying to be big by associating with all these evil associates, but God says, I'm gonna make you small. That's the way pride works, by the way. Pride 
tends to inflate us to think that we're bigger than we, than we really are. Like a balloon is inflated with air, but all it takes is a little pinprick uh, to pop and to show how small she really is. And God says, I'm going to deal with your pride, Edom. Now look at verse number three. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? So what is the main problem that Edom has? The main problem that Edom has is she's full of herself. She's proud. She thinks that nobody can attack me. I've got strong defenses. Ever heard about the city of Petra? Uh, the city that's literally built in the rocks. You have to walk through a narrow corridor, uh, like a mile long, just to get back to this beautiful red rock city called Petra. Just look it up. It's amazing. That was in Edom. And no doubt the Edom, Edomites were thinking, nobody can attack us. We're safe. We've got great circumstances. We've got great natural defenses. Uh, we don't have to trust God. We don't have to do it God's way. We're strong. Their, their problem was they had pride in their heart. And they were saying things like, who can ever take us down? Who could ever defeat us? And God says, I'm going to destroy you because your pride has caused you to be evil, to attack my people, and has caused you to be delusional about your perceived strength. That's what pride does. Pride inflates our estimation of ourself. And when we have an inflated estimation of self, then what ends up happening is we actually are very, very weak people. And God says, I'm going to destroy you for your pride. You know, the heart of every sin is pride. From the very beginning, the Garden of Eden. From be before that, when the Bible talks about Lucifer, the pride, I will be like the Most High. I will ascend to the Mount of the Congregation in the side of the North. I will, I will. That's the pride. And the pride of Lucifer's heart is ultimately what brought him down, his demise. The pride of Edom's heart is what God deals with here. You know that Edom sinned against God's people in so many ways, but all of the sin, all of the attacking and the violence and the you name it, all of it found foundation in the fact that she just was full of herself. If she had just humbled herself to realize, hey, God wants to use us. And we can be a blessing to God by being a blessing to his people. You know what Obadiah means? Obadiah means worshiper of Jehovah. That's what it means. And God uses a simple prophet, not with a sword, not with a spear, not with a bow and arrow, but a simple prophet who just has a desire to worship God, to communicate to a violent nation. Listen, you can stand as much as you want against God's people, but God defends his own. And your pride will ultimately be your destruction. So, a couple takeaways, I guess. Number one, deal with the pride in your own heart. It's dangerous. It can destroy any one of us. And number two, hey, sometimes we deal with people or entities in our life where it seems like, man, I can't believe they're getting away with this. Where's God? And God's right there. God's keeping score, and God ultimately defends his own. So I hope that helps today. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you.
Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.